This podcast is brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Keep Joy on air by becoming a member, a subscriber or donate. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community. You're listening to a Joycast from GLBTIQ community radio station, Joy 94.9. This is On Driven, Joy 94.9's multicultural show with Booty and Hugh. On Driven represents peace and understanding in our multicultural GLBTIQ community. If you have any comments on the program or would like to ask any questions, you can contact us in the following ways. Facebook, On Driven on Joy 949, SMS 0427 Joy 949, email on air at joy.org.au. On today's show, we are going to be talking to Muhammad from Queer Muslims Australia, a collective of gay and lesbian Muslims from around the country. The group attracts wide attention due to what many see as the contrary nature of strict Islamic observance and its contrast with homosexuality. But what is it like for them and how do they cope with fitting into the gay community as well as the reli- their religious community? Stay here, tune into Orange Ribbon on Joy 94.9 to hear the answer. Joy 94.9, this is On Driven with Booty and Hugh. And our guest today is Mo from Queer Muslims Australia. Um, welcome to the show, Mo. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Now, before we start with the show, I'm very interested to know what the music was. Yeah, well, it was actually a track I was uh, listening to on, on YouTube last week to another video, and uh, I, I, I sort of caught my caught my ear and I uh, looked it up, and uh, it's it's actually called, um, I believe, uh, Tema Cum by Rodrigo y Gabriela. Uh, okay. Which is uh, and and since then I've sort of downloaded a couple of his albums and they're they're very catchy they're very uh, quite you know obviously got got very similar beat to that mm-hmm. yeah. very flamenco yes absolutely yeah, yeah. good music good music <laughs> thank you now um, and as I said it's Booty and Hugh and Booty is new to Orange Ribbon hello listeners. <laughs> Um, Vody's actually joined us as a presenter, so welcome to Undriven. Well, Vody. how can I say no to you, Hugh, when That's you're just true. looking at me and <laughs> thinking, oh, okay, I'll do it. Are <laughs> you such a smooth talker? Anyway, <laughs> we're going to be talking about queer Muslims today with Mo. Now, Mo, before I go on, Mo is short for 
For Muhammad, yeah, Muhammad. but um, but f- certainly feel free to call me either. I mean, you know, Muhammad or Mo. Mo yeah, my, my friends call me Mo, but Muhammad is is my is my my birth name and and uh, so what I what I generally use. Yeah. It's a good Muslim name as well, isn't it? It, it is. Well, it's actually, I mean, the most uh, a lot of people know this fact, but it is the most uh, popular name in the world, um, purely not because of population, but because a lot of Muslims, especially in the subcontinent, will by default call their first uh, their their children Muhammad, their first name Muhammad, and then give them a a, a, a a second name that that may then be used in day-to-day life that is that's a different name so oh, okay i didn't know that mm, that's so, interesting that's right so a lot, and a lot of people hear that they think uh you know muslims are taking over the world but uh, <laughs> but it's actually more just you know it's, it's a very honorable and noble thing for people people like to, to name their, their children after after the, so do you have prophet. another name I don't know. No, that's uh, no. I, I got called Muhammad Proper. So. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so that's your proper name. Now let's talk about queer Muslims, Muslims Australia. Um, how did the group start? Well, well, interestingly, it, it started off quite small, as as you'd expect. Um, a lovely woman uh, named Alina uh, Muhammad Ali, who, who uh, basically is a, is a lesbian and 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 uh, Muslim, and at the time felt um, she was. 2004 and um, she she felt quite isolated at the time and, and rec- recognised that there's definitely going to be other queer Muslims out there so she started what essentially uh, was and still is a, a Yahoo group um, by the name Queer Muslims and um, essentially one by one people started joining up and uh, since then we've, we've slowly but steadily um, built ourselves up and, and the, the great thing about it is we initially started off just as a an internet based um, mm. web forum where, mm. where people could post comments and, and discussion and, and talk about their experience of being both queer and Muslim in Australia um, then has developed into something a little bit more where, where people are um, sort of seeking to meet physically and, and, yeah. and, and build their identity but essentially yeah, that's what it was a very very simple space and that's that, the other thing about that that's what the inter- what's so great about the internet as well is it is a space um, that anyone can join and people can find each other and connect mm. I'm, I'm interested to know how easy it is for a Muslim to actually come out and say I'm gay Mm. It's look. It's it's a good question, um, and I think that really does depend on on the individual. Um, in for certain people, I think uh, that, that you know maybe second or third generation in Australia, it's um, becoming easier. I know a lot of people that ha- that are you know a lot of young Muslims that are doing that, and mm. and it isn't as hard as everyone thinks. Um, but certainly for people that are first generation or or um, or, or still connected to their families overseas, where homosexuality is still such a uh, still a taboo issue and still viewed quite negatively um in religious communities and it, it is quite difficult yeah mm. but, but 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 i feel it is changing it certainly is changing so most so queer muslim australia is primarily based online is that correct that, that's right that's yeah. correct so, so what what sort of other things that you do or are you just mainly on online forum or do you actually meet on outside online and on the physical world and um, have um, the discussions amongst your members. Well, we we are certainly. Um, I think as the the group grew, we, we we have made attempts for people to to come together. And um, so the last uh, couple of years, we've held a, a yearly um, iftar dinner. And, and for the people that don't know, iftar is, is basically a, a Ramadan a breaking of the fast in, in Ramadan. And 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 members have come together. We we have um, so our main two 
blocks of members, obviously, as, as you'd imagine, are in Sydney and Melbourne. So um, I've been active sort of setting up different meet, meet and greets um, in Melbourne. And we have met up um, a number of times. We sort of meet up maybe at Melbourne Central for, for coffee or things like that. And really, it's just a, just to take those, those discussions offline. Uh, I know in Sydney also, I think they've had a couple of meetings up there as well. Sadly, none of the other states have, have, have been active in that. But yeah, essentially, that, that what we, we, we're having very informal um, gatherings. We, we, I guess the intention of the plan is really for people then to have more formalised meetings and really to have even a you know even a conference would be would be great um, one year you know, in the near future. But at, but essentially, yeah, at the moment we are just focusing on having informal chats, and it, and it's incredible, you know, when you when, when people like that come face to face. I mean, online is great as well, but when you come face to face and you realise that somebody else, uh, you know, that from your mosque is 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 queer and, and and things like that then then i think people do start to feel a little bit more comfortable one thing that surprised me you said that the founding member was a woman mm. now muslim women usually um sit in the background and it's the men who do everything and mm-hmm. do all the talking and um so i'm really surprised that a muslim woman actually came out and started this well that's actually the, the funny thing she's also i mean our default leader i guess you would say she's <laughs> not she would she wouldn't admit that but uh or she would certainly try and uh, turn that down but um and just by her sheer hard work i think we we all have a lot of respect for her and it's also quite hard to find muslim uh female leaders so yeah. she she's um, certainly not uh, a, a sack of potatoes. She's she's quite a, a you know go get him and, and and she's done incredible work and, and a lot of service to the community. So she deserves to certainly have that leadership position. Excellent. We'll come back to more story about queer Muslims Australia very soon. Joy ninety four point nine. This is on Driven with Booty and Hugh. Now Mo, we were talking about queer Muslims Australia and the founding member is actually a lady. Mm. Now. This interested me because being Muslim, ladies usually don't get a say in much of things and uh, take a back seat to men. How many ladies would you say are in Queer Muslims Australia? Mm. Well, I don't have any official data with me, but but generally just having a quick look at our membership list, um, it, it seems to be probably about forty uh, percent, um, maybe wow. forty forty five percent female. So um, and that's quite high. It, it is quite high, and also you know, uh, unsurprisingly, they're they're also quite active in the group as well, um, right. which is which is fantastic to see because mm. the other stereotype is that Muslim women don't have a voice, mm. um, but but certainly not in this case, and uh, um, it, you know, especially. I think for for lesbian Muslims, uh, all those issues that that people do stereotype about, uh, you know, patriarchy and all those other mm. um, perceptions of the Muslim community, is something that they would feel quite quite strongly about. And um, but also their experiences, I guess, of are, are similar to anyone. And that's you know, finding love and 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 being a woman and Muslim woman is obviously um, a, a, a challenge in itself. Mm. Now I know it's queer Muslims Australia. Do you go and get requests from overseas? We do all the time. Yes, yeah. It's um, which is interesting because there are, um, you know, similar resources all around the world. In, obviously, as you'd imagine, in America, um, there's a in Canada, there's a there's a queer Muslim group called Al Fatiha, um, and um, you know they they're quite active, quite strong as well. Also in Britain, um, but some people do try, try and join us. Um, usually, people also from our local geographical region, so mm. uh, Muslims from Indonesia, which is which is great to see because they are our closest neighbour. Do you accept people from overseas? We, we generally we do have a rule um, that we don't accept um, people 
that don't reside in Australia. We also don't accept um, people that aren't from the Islamic faith. And, and the reason for that is to, to keep the space um, you know, safe and, and open, and also um, that the understanding of the group. We did we did have a few Muslims that weren't sort of uh, sorry, a few members that weren't from the faith, and and they obviously are starting a little bit more behind where, where mm, the discussion mm. is, and and that can obviously cause things to you know have to repeat a lot of yeah, a lot of, yeah. a lot of the issues. So you mentioned um, other um, Islamic groups or queer Islamic groups from different parts of the world. So do you have a regular contact with them? Do you share some resources and um, you know about dealing with the challenges that you face in your own group? We 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 don't, and 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 that is certainly something I think we really should be doing. It's something that we we can be doing because this is a community that you know the, the queer Muslim. Obviously, it's been around for thousands of years. Queer Muslims have been around for thousands of years. But really, this is something that's just exploded in the last 10 to 15 years with all these groups popping up. Um, And I think, and again, this is by virtue of the internet, which is such a blessing uh, for our times. So, uh, that I mean, we do have sort of, I mean, I've had informal conversations with people Mm. overseas, but whether or not we actually have something that is more official, more formal, an international gathering or something like that, um, I think is really important. One one great um, thing that maybe you, you may have seen it or not at the, that was at, that played at the Melbourne uh, Queer Film Festival a couple of years ago it was a film called um, A Jihad for Love, mm-hmm. um, and that was basically a film that went all around the world and explored different um, stories of, of of queer Muslims of you know from from Turkey to Iran to Canada. Um, to you know, to, to you know, Europe, and um, and that was fascinating to hear that the, the the experiences were so different, but also very similar. And maybe it is uh, maybe it is time that we do start looking at, at, at working together. Just one question, um, I just need to understand. And I'm sure the listener would want to understand. What reason would you reject somebody who is overseas? Sure. Um, the, well, it's it's just a sort of a policy that that's been there from the start. But I, the main the main reason is is localized um, sort of based discussion. Mm. Um, so there are there are international uh, web forums as well that aren't based uh, on any geographical location. Um, but we we generally do try and keep it so that. The discussion is limited. We obviously limit the discussion that way, so it doesn't isn't as much as we would hope. But also that when the discussion does happen, then it's not people talking about any you know topic here, yeah, here, yeah. there, and everywhere. But rather that people can talk about it from an Australian context, and also that people can you know, connect with each other more. Right. More, yeah. What what topics do you have that? popular <laughs> it's uh there there are a few that do keep coming up uh, time to time um certainly uh, i mean people do post a lot of uh, news articles that are related to to being queer and muslim um, actually something an article that just uh, someone posted the other day which was quite fascinating was um the the pew institute i believe which is an international polling um organization based out of america did a did a survey um in um, in the uk of, of of muslim people there and their attitudes towards homosexuality mm. and it was actually found to be quite positive um really? the majority of of british born muslims actually had a when asked about their attitude, were quite favourable um, to it. Um, so that was something that was quite interesting because obviously we we sort of live in a bubble, thinking that it's quite negative. So, so a lot of news articles get posted, but also you know then you hear horrendous things that come from overseas and, and the, the treatment of gay Muslims, you know, mm. in places like Iran. So so there is a lot of discussion there um, about those things. We, we do talk about. Um, uh, you know, people do talk about the, the challenges of coming out to their family mm. and really wanting to to do that, but not really sure about how to do it or, or the avenues. And 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 and, uh, and that's great because people 
other people in the group that have come out to their families and yeah. can provide yeah. advice. And, and sometimes the advice is don't do it, you know, don't do it yet or wait. Mm. Um, and then, of course, you know, the good old uh, people, a lot of, lot of discussion about love, of course, and, mm. and, and people, you know, uh, nothing more complicated when two Muslims fall in love with each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's interesting that you just mentioned, you know, other countries and you mentioned Iran because um, on Driven, we've been promoting um, Railroad for Queer sorry, Railroad for Queer Iranian Refugees mm. um, with Ashim Parsi, who is based in Toronto. Um, and he's been on the show twice and spoke about the treatment they have in their country, um, how they get lashed and executed sometimes and have to escape to Turkey or some mm. other country. And um, his organization actually helps these people. If somebody from Iran came to your organization, you know, and wanted to join in the conversation or find mm. out information, is there anyone that would sort of pass information on to them? Um, well, it's, it, it does come down to, I guess, what our level of experience is with, with that issue. Um, certainly, our, our door is always open to help um, any anyone that is being persecuted overseas or anyone that is seeking help. And I, I, I know we, we do have a couple of lawyers in our, in our okay. group and, and people like that. So we would certainly um, – so certainly the door would be mostly – would be, you know, be incredibly open for those, yeah. for those people. You wouldn't close the door on them. Absolutely not. No, no, no. Of course, of course not. Um, when we were talking about that, it's more about, um, you know, people that are just curious from, yes. from overseas. But certainly people in need are, are always welcome. Okay. We'll come back to this story very soon. And you are listening to Orange Ribbon on Joy 94.9. And that was a song. Now, Mo, would you like to explain to the listeners, because they is such a very catchy song, so I can't yeah. help stop myself from wiggling my chairs. Um, who, what is that song and who is it by? Uh, that, that was, it is a very catchy song. It was, it's, a, it's a song by a woman called Nancy Ajram, who's a, an Egyptian singer, and she's probably as big as Madonna and Beyonce in, in the Middle East. Very, very popular. And the song was called Ultaniye, which means, uh, what did you say to me? You say she's a Madonna. Of the Middle East, yes, very much so. Oh, okay, <laughs> very popular. Madonna, yeah. Lady Gaga, and Beyonce all rolled into one. Excellent. Yep. Now we're talking to more from um, Muslims, Gay Muslims Australia. If you have any questions or would like to make make any comments, you can SMS zero four two seven join nine four nine. We do have Jess and Heath on the front desk, so you can call one three hundred join nine four nine. That's one three hundred. Five six nine nine four nine. If you have anything that you would like to say, and it's an interesting subject, so mm. we would like to hear from you and hear your opinion. Even now, Mo, we were talking about um, women and the founding member as a lady and everything else. Let's move on to a question that has been put to us: How easy is it to be a practicing Muslim and gay? Mm. I, don't, I mean, it's again that varies from individual to individual. I mean, some people have made absolute, complete peace with it, and, and some people have uh, become atheists because of it. And that's what I find fascinating about our group is that there is such a diversity of people there. There are uh, people that uh, once they, you know, recognise their same-sex attraction, they, they they leave the faith, and 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 there are those that are, you know, we have members of our group that are still quite conservative. Um, they and they're, they're very uh, strict about it. You know, they're, they're five times prayers and they're they're, they're Ramadan, and, and and many of them even still uh, will argue with members that about whether or not you know the permissibility of it in 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 the faith so mm. but and that is the the thing about faith i guess it is a powerful 
thing, whether people agree with it or not, but it is still quite undeniably quite powerful. And you do, like I say, find quite a lot of our members um, quite you know, happily and uh, living both of those lives. Because I, I knew someone uh, not too long ago who was a practicing Muslim and prayed five times a day and, and did everything right. But as far as homosexuality went, it was taboo. Mm. It was completely non-existent. It didn't exist. And in his country, it didn't exist. And uh, no Muslim would be gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So is there, do you find that with the straight Muslim community? Do you find that sort of attitude coming across? Look, I mean, again... <clears throat> I, th- I think people also need to be be careful of trying to throw you know 1.6 billion Muslims into one basket. Um, yeah, look, certainly in a, you know in a village in in uh, Saudi Arabia, people may have uh, views um, that aren't you know so uh, so proper. But but uh, again, I think uh, if we look at for, you know the, the community, the, the Muslim community in Australia, for example, many many. Muslims that I speak to are quite uh, uh, not only accept that it's there but also recognize it as uh, you know legitimate sort of uh, form of sexual expression so um, people are going to have different views and again it it varies from first generation to you know Mm -hmm. second and third generation Um, and yeah I guess it's to, to put it perfectly it's it's very similar to, I guess, views that you would find in non-Muslim communities. If you go speak to a Christian in Nigeria mm. or Angola, they're going to be telling you one thing about homosexuality. If you speak to a Christian or a, a, an atheist, even in uh, in uh, in London, you'll get a, a very mm. a variety of views. If you speak to a person in San Francisco, you're going to get a variety of views, and that that is certainly the same thing with the Muslim community. But again, you know, one of the things that our group, uh, the motto of our group, is that with education comes liberation. The reason that people um, may have views about uh, the reason certain Muslims might have views about homosexuality is because they're not exposed to the experiences, the, the lived experiences of queer Muslims. They don't see them every day because mm. there aren't opportunities for them to share their experiences or to share their stories. So, if, uh, you know, when you get people like, uh, you know, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, the president of Iran, who you know famously said there are no gays in Iran, he he <laughs> yeah. literally probably does believe that because he does not get to experience those people. People, gay people, don't walk around with a, you know, a, a rainbow neon light um, mm-hmm. you know coming Especially from their head yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly but we, but we don't know who's gay and we don't know who's straight when we walk down the street um, but it's more about those experiences those very real experiences those very lived experiences being told to, to other Muslims and I think like I said the most when I speak to other Muslims about the work I do with queer Muslims I think people are quite sympathetic mm. and they recognise that it is a reality Right. Yeah, and it's very interesting because you do um, you did mention about the situation in Iran, and uh, I, I would like to ask your opinion about the difference with um, Islamic as a faith, as a religion, and the politics of mm. many Islamic countries. Um, you know, in from your understanding, what is the, how does homosexuality being viewed in Islam in general? Mm. And and that's it's it's funny because. Religions are, are so open, I guess, to the the political situation of the time, and also what is um, the interpretations have we've seen with religions have evolved from uh, you know t- over time things, um, and um, uh, certainly there is a, 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 you know based I mean, you see it in, in most countries today there is a, pol- a political especially con- countries that have high levels of conservative people there are you know a lot of animosity towards same sex attraction homosexuality and things like that and complete misconceptions yeah. um, but it does differ from country to country I mean you do in, you do get mu- Muslim countries where it is 
um, for example, a lot more open, a lot more acceptable. Uh, you get country, a lot of countries, so it's you know, a place like Indonesia and Turkey and Egypt, for example, mm. where people know that, oh, that guy's gay, that guy, you know, she's a lesbian, that, and, and they're fine with it, people don't go around. And then you do get countries where the, 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 the politicians and, and the, these hardline governments completely jump on the opportunity mm. to, to use it to make themselves look more credible. And that's a real shame, unfortunately. Those are obviously those, the sorts of governments that we see crumbling all around us at the moment. So There is a dress code for Muslim women mm. and I mean I know that it, it varies from country to country but generally they, they cover up most of their body if I'm correct in saying that uh, yeah, I mean, well, again, it, it varies from, from, from country to country and people to people, practice to practice. Um, but, yeah, the most majority of uh, devout Muslim women would uh, wear a, heads, a headscarf, which, which mm. means that they are only exposing their face and uh, their hands. Yeah. From your experience, the lesbians, you know, who mm. are Muslim, do they still follow the traditional dress or are they more Westernized? Um, based on the fact that we're a, a queer Muslim group in Australia, um, that the majority are, are westernized um, but that's not because of any religiosity I think that's probably more to do with the fact that we, we live in Australia mm-hmm. mm. I, I just want to share quickly with you Mo because I'm, I'm from Indonesia and we do have um, a, 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 you know, queer, queer lesbian women or yeah. you know, whatever you want to call it and they do wear the hijab and they do yeah. wear they, they, they do practice that religion so it's very interesting what you mentioned about um, the, the queer Australians group being westernized um, just want to know do, do you think that people feel that they have to choose between staying in their own ethnic community wherever they came from and their religious uh, religion community with um, the western um, what being perceived as more lib- liberal culture within the gay community or more, more broadly in, more broadly yeah. More broadly, yeah look it's it's uh, one of those things and, and th- I think more broadly in Australia we are having these discussions about multiculturalism assimilation and all that jazz and um, I, I think it's it's one of those things it really depends on what um Resources that people have when they come to Australia. So people that are able to speak the language, um, that are able to um, uh, you know integrate into the workforce, obviously more generally do tend to go to a, to more more liberal sort of way. And then people that don't have those those resources generally do tend to stick together and, and, and have more observance. I think one thing is within the Muslim community, Muslims are generally a lot more more devout than many other religious communities. And I know that's that's a massive stero- generalization. More developed. Mm. More devout in their face. I misunderstood what you said. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Not, not. <laughs> and um, so people then generally do do a lot of Muslims do hold their faith in high regard. So even when they do come to Australia, they will uh, you know engage with the wider community in many ways. Mm. But but religion certainly at home or at the mosque is, is still something that uh, you know a lot of Muslims do try and preserve. What does the Quran say about homosexuality? Does it mention it? Yeah. Or? It, it does. It does absolutely. And um, in in. Um, un- unlike the the Bible, which has a very direct um, quote about you know man should not, or the Old Testament says you know man should not lie with another man, um, the, the Quran is, is more broadly t- speaks about the story of Lot and and um, and obviously you know that, that which is universal and what's, what's quite famous. But but the the, the, the again, Muslim scholars have looked at that story and and been able to deduct. A variety of things, whether or not the punishment was because they slept with men or because the way that they um, engaged quite, host- you know, with a lot of hostility towards, um, you know, they, they were accused of raping young boys and things like that. So that was it, whether it was that sort of conduct or whether it was their homosexuality, homosexuality more broadly. Okay, hold that story. <laughs> we'll come back to it. Joy ninety four point nine. This is on Tribbin with Booty and Hugh. 
And our guest today is Mo from Queer Muslims Australia. And he's picked the music today. And I have to say, the music's been very good, Mo. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Well, I knew I was coming to Joy, so I knew the standard would have to be quite, quite, good. quite high. Yes. yes. Yeah. Now, tell us, what's the last song that you just played? Then? The last song was called Love and Rewind, and it's uh, by Dino Merlin. And he was the uh, Bosnian uh, entry into Eurovision oh. last year. So it was quite a good song. He didn't win, unfortunately, but it was, no. uh, it was certainly my favorite song. Are you a fan of... Uh Eurovision? I, I I'm not. I, I well look. I I'm starting to be. I think after I watched last year for the first time, and I I, I didn't mind it. I thought it was quite good. So I think I'll be oh, tuning you're new in. to Eurovision. <laughs> I'm quite uh, new to it. Yes. <laughs> uh, so I'll probably be tuning in again uh, okay. this year. I think it's wonderful. I mean, it's even funnier these days now that the um, Eastern Bloc is in there as well, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and it's all very political. And um, yeah, well, Turkey's in there, which is you know, which mm, again is, is also yeah, quite there was controversial. A controversy. Anyway, it was a good song. Thank you. Mm. Now, let's get back to the story, Queer Muslims. Um, Islam Islamophobia in the GLBTIT community. Explain that. Well, well, it's, it's interesting. Um, you know, Islamophobia is obviously something that's since 9-11 has become quite... Um, an issue obviously people people are you know given the backdrop of terrorism and things like that people are quite you know concerned about i think things like islam and well it started off with terrorism but now more broadly people are concerned with islam but um but i think with, with the community i think like we always talk to um you know queer muslims about their experiences in the in the wider glbtqi community and 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 generally it's quite actually quite positive mm. um because i mean a lot of people in in the community obviously well not a lot but but there is a large proportion of people that do lead towards atheist sort of sort of view but um, um, or anti-religion, uh, anti-religious views, and and that's fair enough. I think, given the experience that most gay and lesbian people have had um, with religious communities, mm. um, and certainly given the fact that there's definitely a lot of homophobia in the Islamic community, mm. but uh, I'm, you know, one thing I'm quite proud of and, and quite happy to see is certainly talking to people in the group. The experience is not the reverse, which is good. So mm. generally, a lot of um, talking to, to members in the group about their um, their experiences. You know, being uh, coming out, I guess, quote unquote, as Muslim mm. in the uh, gay and lesbian community is actually something that people have been quite accepted, mm. and, and that that's a fascinating. And I think obviously shows the maturity uh, within the gay and lesbian community. Now, not to say that everyone was obviously not. You know, mm. I think gay and lesbian people are, are quite right in having a lot of concerns about Islam and a lot of concerns about Muslims. But I think there is definitely a lot of sympathy. Well, not sympathy, but I think there's certainly a lot of uh, acceptance. I think of, of people that choose to be mm. queer and Muslim. Was there much backlash? against Muslims in Australia when they were blowing up the towers and everything else I mean <laughs> yeah absolutely and it still you know it still continues till today but um yeah absolutely that was a I think a time when uh, all Muslims whether they were queer or not were, were sort of uh, under fire from from a lot of uh, different avenues and uh, mm-hmm. uh, different corners and yeah I think it was certainly uh, it was quite quite an unfortunate time but, but thankfully you know we, we hope to be moving further and further away from that well mm-hmm. people should accept Muslims not not judge them by what well, two or three people did. That, that's right. I mean, it's not about you know necessarily accepting Muslims, but it's certainly mm. about not judging Muslims mm. or throwing every single Muslim in it in one bucket. I mean, that's the funny thing is if you went out to the wider community and said, you know, there are actually some Muslims that are that are gay and lesbian. You know, people wouldn't have picked that up. They think we're all fu- you know fundamental nutcases mm. wanting to blow up the train station. And nobody who's Muslim can be gay. Yeah, yeah. That, that, well, that's certainly <laughs> the perception. Yeah. Well, you're touching it there, Hugh, and uh, um, and you mentioned it also before as well um, uh, about homophobia in the Islamic communities, especially here in Australia. I just want to know 
um, is there a, a strong Islamic leaders or community leaders that actually support um, gay and lesbian or GLBTI cause and who actually mm. challenge um, homophobia within their own communities? It's it's an interesting um, question and. I, I think that at the moment the political will isn't there yet. Uh, my, my sense of speaking to a lot, and I speak to a lot of Islamic leaders about this issue, and generally a lot of them, you know, sort of say, you know, okay, whether or not it's permissible or not permissible, that's that's an, another issue. Let's keep that on the side. Yeah. But let's focus on the fact. That the fact is that there are gay, there are people of the Muslim faith that are gay and lesbian, and that is a, a lived reality. Mm. And the Muslim community. It's it's important that the Muslim community doesn't sideline these people, doesn't mm-hmm. doesn't throw, you know excommunicate them, doesn't throw them out, doesn't look down on them, doesn't act aggressively or violently towards them, um, because they are still at the end of the day part of the community. But also, you know, they're, they're in a very fragile space sometimes, and um, so th- I think there there is a some look some leadership is good, um, and certainly I think that goes back to Australia. The more integrated they are the more closely aligned they are with Australia they, they generally are mm-hmm. quite good so I have heard certain scholars sort of saying those things about having an open space having an open community um, but but yeah you do get look mm-hmm. at you know I, actually a funny funny story I, I know a um, uh, an, an imam uh, who was a religious leader that, that once gave a sermon uh, preaching against uh, homosexuals quite violently mm-hmm. and he was actually arrested by ASIO which is the, the security intelligence force for, for inciting hatred uh, it turned out he was actually gay himself um, oh. it emerged mm-hmm. many years later Later, that he was found at the at, a, at one of the um, the game. So there's the case of internalized homophobia that's and recon- right. reconciling. I think in the process of reconciling faith and sexuality. That's right, and I think as Muslim leaders become more secure in their faith and in their mm. um, their own, well, and their own sexuality, obviously, mm. I think they will then be opening the doors and, um, mm. for that. But 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 it is also a very quiet, silent world as well. Yeah. One discussion we had off air was um, people joining your group and um, setting up fake marriages. Hmm. Now, how rampant is that in the Muslim community? Yeah, it, it was. I thought it was something quite interesting. Um, it, it's it's not epidemic, but it is something that does pop up from time to time. And when it does pop up, I think um, we look at it and we say... This is still we've still got a long way to go. That people are still that having to do this, or, or feel that they have to do this, mm. um, and that is, of course, like, like um, for, for the listeners, is essentially when a uh, you know uh, could be a, a gay uh, man looks for a lesbian woman to then be in a fake yeah. marriage, that, yeah. so that can the appease the lavender marriage. Yeah. Sorry, the lavender, the lavender marriage. That, yes, yeah. exactly. Well, so uh, to keep up appearances, basically, and to keep their families happy, um, it, it doesn't happen a lot. But when it does happen, I think it's still quite shocking to see that um, mm. so I think you know probably last year it may, may have maybe happened twice or three times but every time it was I, I think the membership of the group was kind of, kind of like you know you really don't ha- this is really your very very last option yeah. you know and there you may be having views about your family and of course people know their own situation better than anyone else but still they may be jumping to conclusions about their families without exploring if there are any other avenues mm. as well but it obviously works both ways it's not just men joining to meet a lesbian you'll get lesbians joining to meet a man look mo- most of the time it is actually the, the women doing it yeah is the it majority, really? majority of the time it is um 
And again, obviously, I think the pressures there are again in, in very cultural and, and, and new and emerging communities. I think that the pressure there on the on the females is, is much stronger. And unfortunately, really? this is, well, you know, the, the, the pressure that they will, will get married and start a family and have kids and all that, that mm. stuff. And again, like I said, this is um, an ongoing issue. I think it's, it's something that will be resolved as, you know, generations pass. Mm. Um, but this is unfortunately the reality that we deal with now. And it's not too dissimilar, I think, to what Australia was like uh, maybe 20, 30, 40 years ago where, where yeah. people were doing that anyway. And, and we see it all still quite uh, widely across the world, unfortunately. But um, it is something that I, I hope is changing. In Muslim families in Australia, do they still have arranged marriages? They don't. This is actually one of the big misconceptions about Muslims. It does happen um you know, you do Overseas. find. You know, it does happen, but it also does. I mean, it does happen here, but it is very. The, the funny thing, the, the the religion actually bans arranged marriages. A woman oh, right. uh, for a female for a, a marriage to be Islamically valid, um, a female actually has to give consent uh, to to the marriage. Um, so, but unfortunately, you do have certain cultures. Unfortunately, and not to name names, but the yeah. subcontinent is probably the biggest um, culprit on this. That just these things have been entrenched in their culture for thousands of years. Mm. All of a sudden, you know, the twentieth and twenty first century pops up, and we're all all of a sudden all modernized. Um, you know, thanks to the great work of feminism and many other mm. um, you know activists. But these, yeah, these things are still. There's still a a time to go, yeah. But it isn't a Muslim uh, thing, per se. Okay. Mm. We'll come back to more story very soon. By 949, this is On Driven with Budi and Hugh. And our guest today is Mo um, from Queer Muslims Australia. Now, we've spoke about a lot of different subjects here today. But there's one thing we haven't done. We haven't told people who are Muslim and gay and want to join your organization how they can do it. Certainly, absolutely. And if, if there is anyone out there that is uh, sort of uh, thinking about this issue or, or may know people that are, uh, are dealing with it, um, it it's, a, it's a very simple it's, – it's basically just a Yahoo group. Um, so it's uh, – the, the address is groups.yahoo.com uh, – <laughs> <laughs> Did not mean that. Sorry. dot com. I got quite there. Yahoo. dot com uh, forward slash groups forward slash queer Muslims. That is certainly the reason why live okay, li- well, why live radio let, should let, never let, happen. Let me try that. So that, that groups. dot yahoo. dot com slash groups slash queer Muslims. Okay. Oh, quite embarrassing there. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I, I must I must tell the listener that Mo's faces went very red. <laughs> yes, yeah, that was uh, so. I got caught in my throat. There it was very bad timing. <laughs> now. Um, how easy is it just to join up? Do you have to prove anything to you? or what? Yeah, look, we do have a bit of a process. Not a bit of a process, but more um, just to avoid, I guess, the wrong people from, from joining. Um, that's within the Muslim community as well, we, we do sort of just ask a couple of questions to verify people's identity. But it is, it is an easy process, yeah. Okay. And uh, how many members do you have? Um, we've just crossed. We're, we're sort of about 115 at the moment. So, okay. yeah. So it's a small group, but it's it's growing. Yeah. Every every week we're sort of getting two or three members, which is good. And you did say that 40 percent are female. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And about 60 percent male. Yeah. Right. And um, the founder, mm. which I keep saying this, but I find it incredible that the founder was. A female. Well, yeah, yeah, and uh, I believe she's she's been on this station. She's actually just had a child uh, with her partner, so she's been quite quite busy. But um, you know, be be great to. She's got her own story, which is quite fascinating as well. I just think- one question. Sorry, buddy. One question. Do the Muslim community that you know? 
do they actually mix with people from different religions or do they stay within their no, own? No, no, absolutely. Of course they do. And that's, again, another stereotype that gets thrown out there all the time. If anything, uh, most Muslims live very healthy lives, in, you know, interacting with others. Excellent. So, yeah. Excellent. Well, unfortunately, we have come to the sh- end of the show. We do have to come to the end of the show. Now, before we go, I'm just going to quickly say Happy Chinese New Year. Go mm. Happy Chinese New Year, yeah. That is on Driven for another week. Our thanks to Mo or Mohammed, <laughs> as his real name is, for taking time out to have a chat with us. Thanks for joining us on On Driven today. On Driven will be back again at the same time, four o'clock next Saturday afternoon, with our special 500th show. We will be playing segments from the past shows as far back as 2008 and have a live performance by one of our past guests. I think this is a first. Join us next week for a two-hour show and celebrate 500 Orange Ribbon shows. From Booty and myself, Hugh, bye for now and have a great week. Thanks for listening to a Joycast from Joy 94.9. Thanks for listening to another Joy podcast brought to you by Australia's LGBTQIA plus community media organisation, Joy. Help us keep Joy on air. Head to joy.org.au. Joy, a diverse sound for a diverse community.